Weekend Mornings with Glenn Van Zutphen. Replay from Money FM 89.3. Neil Humphrey, our murder mystery today is uh, one that I'm very familiar with, having grown Good. up in uh, the Midwestern part of America. Jimmy Hoffa. Yes, I wanted to get stuck into this because within a week <laughs> I've become obsessed with. It, is there something new about it? Well, yes, The Irishman. The, okay. the Netflix movie, The Irishman, oh, right, right, which right. has brought the world to a standstill. Uh, a couple of things about that briefly. It was released on Thursday worldwide, and I was sitting there like a very sad individual, <laughs> constantly refreshing my Netflix screen. <laughs> I have been waiting. Seriously, I interviewed Robert De Niro in 2003, yeah. four. I can't remember the exact year. And he was talking about the Frank Sheeran story. Mm. This is the gangster in the, in the movie. This project has been percolating for 15 years. So I've been waiting for it literally for 15 years. I, I believe it's going to break all sorts of Netflix records. Anyway, I watched it. And it's a story of Frank Sheeran, who was this Irish-American hitman, basically. World War II hero, hitman, who worked for the Philadelphia crime family, mm. uh, the Buffalino family. And also worked for Jimmy Hoffa, who, of course, even Singaporeans of a certain age will be familiar with the name Jimmy Hoffa. And it was pl- and Jimmy Hoffa was played in the film magnificently, gloriously over the top, almost <laughs> operatically huh. by Al Pacino, as Jimmy Hoffa was in real life. Because I went on YouTube and watched a few of his speeches yeah. and all that. He was a very charismatic, charismatic guy, head of the Teamsters yeah. uh, Union, one of the most powerful unions in the U.S. So let me just explain for the benefit of younger Singaporeans. Jimmy Hoffa was born in Brazil, Indiana. His father, a coal miner, died of cancer when Jimmy was only something like 13. By the time Jimmy Hoffa was 16, he was already organizing strikes for his local unions, <laughs> right? This is the, but he's still a very young man. He becomes chairman of the, the Drivers' Council, the Central States Drivers' Council, and then he becomes the vice president of the Teamsters chapter in Detroit and eventually becomes the president of the International Brotherhood of Teamsters. Now, I'll bring you in here to explain. To anyone not familiar, the Teamsters were the most powerful union in America because they're basically involved with almost every trucker <laughs> in the United States. Now, you've seen the size of the U.S. Whatever you're hauling, yeah, they had a hand on it. Yeah. Imagine if you were head of the union of the entire Singapore port. Everything that came in, everything that came out relies exclusively on you. And extrapolate that to go across the entire United States. As they say in the, in the, in the Irishman, in the 1950s, he was as big as Elvis. Mm. In the 1960s, he was as big as the Beatles. There mm. was not a person in America who didn't know the name mm. Jimmy Hoffa. It just wasn't possible. He was on every TV screen. And his life, I mean, Glenn, you know, coming at any time, his life was extraordinary. Because the Teamsters were so powerful, because they controlled almost every truck in America, the influence of the mob, the mafia, was hand in hand because the mafia liked to have a hand mm. in everything. So everything was on the back of that truck. Everything from pot roasts to diamonds to electronics to cars to everything the mob was involved. So therefore, the connection between the Teamsters Union and the mob went hand in hand. It gets even more interesting. They used Jimmy Hoffa's money, his pension fund money for this truckers union to basically build Las Vegas. Everybody knows that the mob built Las Vegas, but they Mm. needed the money to do it. The money came from, a lot of it came from Jimmy Hoffa's Teamsters pension fund and the muscle to build it came from the mafia. So they worked very, very closely together. Then it gets interesting because Jimmy Hoffa, this man who is so famous, 
goes to prison for bribery and fraud mm. in 1967. Before that, Robert Kennedy, this is it's just mind-blowing to me, Robert Kennedy, who was district attorney, I believe, attorney general, attorney, attorney general, general yep. went after the mafia. Yep. This, honestly, talk about you. it had to be a movie. The mafia were very upset about this because Joe Kennedy, Jack Kennedy and Robert Kennedy's father, was a bootlegger himself in the 1920s. That means, you know, he trafficked alcohol illegally during, during the Prohibition. prohibition. Yeah. And had all sorts of mob connections. Everybody knows this, Joe Kennedy. And so when Kennedy gets elected, the mafia, as we know this, this has been well documented, the mafia helped Kennedy get elected because they sent all their mafia guys out to every neighborhood in America, basically, put the squeeze on certain people. There was some electoral fraud. You name it, they did it to get Kennedy voted. Problem was... Their teamsters man, Hoffer, <laughs> was a Nixon man. <laughs> Didn't like Kennedy. Didn't like the fact that he was a rich millionaire's son. So Robert Kennedy had a, had a bee in his bonnet for Hoffer all the way through the 60s, or early 60s, until Kennedy got shot. Hoffer goes to prison. Hoffer then gets, honestly, it's amazing. Hoffer then gets paroled after three or four years. Not only paroled, Glenn, pardoned. Yeah. by President Nixon himself because he gave half a million dollars to his re-election fund, right? This guy, large in life, he gets told by the government, he gets told by the mob, you've been in prison. There's no way you can be in charge of the Teamsters Union again for obvious reasons. But he's still pulling the strings, Glenn, mm. quietly. He's mm. still got his hand on people controlling the, the levers, mm. the levers mm-hmm. of that pension fund. So he's still got his hand on the money. It's mob money. Yeah. So, mid-70s now, <laughs> 1975, the mob of Santa Hoffer, you're not going to be in charge of the Teamsters. It's not going to happen. He starts going public. It's my union. I control it. I'm not scared of the mob. I'm not scared of anybody. <laughs> I'm not scared of the government. I've got Nixon in my pocket. I've got leading mobsters in my pocket. One of the most famous men in America in the 20th century disappears off the face of the Vanishes. earth. He disappears <laughs> off the face of the earth. Now, before I get into that, it happened in 1975. What happened in America? What was the, the reaction, the response? It, it would be like Elvis just disappearing. 1975, mm. Hoffa vanishes. What was the response, the mood in America? It, uh, initially, uh, as I recall, and I was, let's see, I was, I was 13 years old or so, so I wasn't, you know, very old, but... Conspiracy theories, right? Of course. Immediately started. Right. And everybody, of course, assumed it was the mob yep. that took him out. And then, the, you know, the all the stories of where he was buried and, you know, blah, blah, blah. They never found the body. Nope. He clearly didn't just take off and go to Mexico and live quietly for the rest of his life. He was he was murdered yep. um, by somebody. Uh, probably everybody, you know, believes it was the mob that did yep. it. Either that or maybe, you know, maybe the CIA or somebody for some reasons, but who knows. Well, this is the thing. And I won't spoil it because The Irishman is currently showing yeah. on, on Netflix. And, and do watch it. It's three and a half hours long. And I'm sad to say I'm halfway through watching it twice. I'm watching it. <laughs> I've watched it once through and now I'm watching it between things. The common theory, and I'm not going to get into The, the Irishman because too many plot spoilers. But the common theory is, yes, it's the mob backed by the Buffalino family, which was the Pennsylvania Philadelphia family, because he wouldn't, even though he wasn't the head of the Teamsters, 
he started to say to people quite openly, I've got, it, Al Pacino does it brilliantly, I know things they don't know, I know. <laughs> I mean, it's pure Pacino. They know things they, I don't, they don't know, I know. Which is true. He knew everything on everybody. Yeah, you yeah. know, he knew the mob money built Vegas. He knew which hotels had been funded. He knew which which politicians were being bribed, who was being paid you know, off. He was like the J. Edgar, J. Edgar Hoover of the underworld. You yeah, know, J. Edgar he Hoover knew everything about and... everyone. Yeah, yeah. So the story goes that he was last seen outside a an, an inn, like a, a holiday inn type place in Detroit and disappeared. He was seen having, I think, lunch and he just, I mean, can you imagine? He just never seen again. 1975, never seen again. They declared him dead in 1982, I believe. So they kept it an open case until 1981, 1982. And then the FBI sort of closed the file and officially declared him as dead. There have been all sorts of theories, like you say, because he was 1975. He spotted in a restaurant, apparently about to have a meeting with the mob bosses, Mm. Buffalinos. Mm. So it's not rocket science. And then he's never seen again. No body, Mm. no trace, Nothing. I I, I, I I can only say only in America <laughs> could this happen because he was also connected to the JFK assassination indirectly sure. because it was the same yeah. people. And this comes up in The Irishman. So a country that can claim that one man acted alone from a book depository, which is clearly not even possible, I will accept the fact that that same country could also make one of the most famous people in America <laughs> completely vanish off the face of the earth. Yeah. If you see the Irishman, they have a very strong theory. They sh- they show you how he disappears and who does the disappearing. Mm. Um, it's one strong theory, but it has been disputed. But without reasonable doubt, it was the mob. Yeah. And I, I haven't seen the Irishman, so I don't know what plot I may or may not be spoiling. But it was widely believed that he was buried in the concrete of the, uh, of the football stadium wow. in uh, Detroit. Well, that's, that's yeah. one theory. Uh, yeah. Less exciting, he was cremated. Yeah. Uh, another one, he was dumped in the lake. If I'm honest, I prefer your theory. It's yeah. much, it's well, much they more knew, you know, once you, you know, once you get once you get gone in concrete, no one's going to find you. But this is the thing, yeah. you know, as someone who, who exactly, as someone who, who, who sort of writes crime books, I am fascinated by the level of intellect that is on the dark side of humanity, if mm. you like, because we assume that geniuses must all be, and they are, Stephen Hawking and Bill Gates yeah. and all the rest of it. But there's a, another kind of organisational genius that can make such a famous icon entirely disappear without trace, no recriminations, no comebacks. You know, you've got FBI looking for the body. You've got you've got local law enforcement involved. You've got early or forensics. Or, yeah, or, yeah. Or, either way. Because these guys control, there's no secret. Exactly. They controlled everybody. Exactly, which right? makes it all the more impressive because the, can you imagine the organizational structure would yeah. rival anything at Microsoft, Facebook, oh. ICI, all the big companies around the world, you know, you name it. And it's top to bottom, you know, the, from the lowest mob enforcer to the very highest levels of the crime family. Only certain people know. There are never phone calls. Mm. It's all literally winks and nods and gestures. They do it in the film beautifully. Backroom meetings. Well, There's... they do it. In, it's not a spoiler to say Hoffa dies. We know yeah. Hoffa dies. But they do it in the film beautifully. No one says kill him. Yeah. Typical mafia. Nobody ever actually says, you must kill Jimmy Hoffa. It's just a nod and a shake of the head. You're going to take uh, care of that thing, right? You're going to take care of it, right? <laughs> you have to take There's yeah. a, At one point they say, there's a plane. That's all he has to say. There's a plane. You're going to take a plane to Detroit. That's all he has to say. Yeah. You're going to take a plane to Detroit. And when he gets off the plane and comes back, 
it's a great scene. Joe Pecci, who is brilliant in this, he plays the Buffalino crime boss. Mm. He just hands the killer, I'm not saying who, he just hands the killer his sunglasses back, starts the engine, he drives off, and they go to a <laughs> wedding. They do it. And actually, Glenn, if, if you believe the film, they actually plan it around a mob wedding so they've got an, al- they got an alibi. Mm. So he literally nips across uh, the state in a private plane, comes back in an hour. As far as anybody else was concerned, he was just at the motel <laughs> waiting to go to the wedding. <laughs> Nobody, no trace. Brilliant. The disappearance of Jimmy Hoffa, read up on it, it is one of the great mysteries of the 20th century. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.